Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. Just a quick disclaimer before this episode begins. Justin and I recorded this podcast on Sunday night, and obviously a lot of things have transpired in the world of Husker football since then. So just take this episode for what it is, and next week we'll go ahead and react to the news of the coaches being let go and the restructuring of Frost's contract, all that good stuff. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot this week that we can then wrap up on our next episode. So in the meantime, enjoy this episode. We'll see you next week for the bi-week episode, including the Wisconsin preview. Thanks. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 254 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we react to Nebraska's performance against Ann Ohio State from this past weekend. And that's cute. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals. That's cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402-770-3356. You know, Justin, if you are going to insist on being called the Ohio State, it almost implies that there are other Ohio States out there and you want Mm -hmm. to separate yourself from the others. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of like a raised pizza situation or something like that. (laughs) Um so my question is, is who are these other Ohio states that we need to look out for? I don't know. No, it's it's almost like they got an ego or something. Yeah. Hashtag the Alliance, still care. Yeah. Don't hate Ohio Actually, State. Actually, you know, I, I will say overall, my opinion of Ohio State has been colored by that entire saga. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't see them as the big bad, you know, Ju- well, I mean, obviously not this year. They're not the big juggernaut that they've been. But, I mean, like, they're not like this evil council that we have to go visit once a year, you know, yeah. occasionally. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I didn't have contact with too many Ohio State fans, but, you know, on social media, everybody seemed to have really positive things to say. Um, I'll say this is- much. I like Ryan Day a heck of a lot more than his predecessor. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I uh, I was on, or I had the chance to to chat with an Ohio State fan on Friday, Ooh. and he kept saying he was talking about how we were probably going to see at least twenty to twenty five freshmen line up for Ohio State on Saturday, and I it took me a while to realize he was bragging. I thought, yeah, because it's like traditionally when you're lining up a bunch of freshmen, it's a bad thing. But what he was trying to say is we're so talented that we keep bringing in freshmen that are amazing, and that's why we're awesome, and you need to be intimidated by this comment, when really I was just <laughs> perplexed and thought to myself, wow, we we might have a chance. <laughs> I mean, we, we got a senior-laden defense, and and they're going to be bringing in a bunch of freshmen. Hey, that's I'll take that. That's great. Yeah. 
Isn't that the best when some you like you have a full conversation with somebody and then like two days later you realize that's what they meant. <laughs> well, and I thought uh, that that last interception where Stroud just launched it in the, mm-hmm. the double coverage. I mean, that felt like it was an interception from the moment it left his hands. Yeah, yeah. So it was like it was like, oh, that's a freshman mistake right there. I, mm-hmm. Yikes! So but, you know, like it's also kind of like, oh man, he's. He's going to be really good by the time he's a senior. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, there was a football game this past weekend. Yep. How, was... how are you How are you feeling about it, Justin? I'm curious. It, you know, I don't know. I, I, haven't, I feel like I the further we go into this painful season, the less I let my emotions feel these losses. We're all just kind of going numb to the pain, I think. <laughs> um it's on the, the my biggest flashpoint. I know there's a lot of people frustrated with the quarterback play, um, but the the fact that Frost put in a backup kicker and he missed two field goals mm. is just blowing my mind right now. That and this was after you know two or three years ago when we played six kickers and they went out and got a million and then one so that that would never happen again. And one of them was all conference last year and. You know, apparently, I feel like we know now he has some sort of like hip injury. Is that right? He has a lower leg. That has been communicated in some fashion. Yeah. And he had it all season? Yeah. Like pre-season injury. So they got an all-conference kicker who had what turned out to be a kind of debilitating injury. You know, a performance. What's the opposite of a performance enhancing? Performance inhibiting? Dehancing. Dehancing. So, you know, they, they went out and they got the all all-conference kicker but they didn't get a backup and then they got the backup and the back i just i just can't believe it i just can't it's just it's like a bad script like come on if you're gonna write something try a little harder you can't still having them missing kicks like surely they'd figure that out by now (laughs) so i guess that one issue is what feels like such a crazy microcosm of everything what did you think about the game mike you know, it's kind of, I don't get, it's hard to put, this is a podcast where like we were supposed to talk, right? I don't know how to talk right now. Um, I don't know how to talk about this right now. It's, it's a very interesting feeling coming off this game for me because I feel like yesterday kind of tempered things for me a little bit in the wake of being so angry and disappointed. Um, hmm. One of those things or, you know, one of the things that has led to me not freaking out as much mm-hmm. is just the reality that Purdue went in and beat the number two team in the nation yesterday. Yeah, so yeah that's true. So maybe Purdue's better than, we've been cre- better than we've been giving them credit for all along. And that's really hard to swallow for me because, you know, you've heard me say this for years on this podcast. I almost see Purdue as the litmus test for, like, are we making progress? But I don't know if that's a good uh, standard anymore. Because if they're a team that can beat legitimately good teams, what am I doing thinking that we need to just, like, shoo-shoo them away like they they don't matter? No, I think we're realizing the Big Ten is more competitive than ever. Top to bottom. Um, And... You know, once we start losing to the Terrapins consistently, then I, I think we got a problem on it. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I that's that's one thing. And the other thing too is, you know, you said it last week. Ohio State statistically one of, if not the best team 
in the nation, and we at least competed with them, you know? I mean, we held them to half of their average points per game. Yeah, and and compare Saturday's game where we were in the game in the fourth quarter to, you know, some of these Ohio State games from five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, two years ago. <laughs> Last <laughs> time they were here, yeah. True, true. So... So it's kind of a weird spot to be in. Like we're not we're not losing games in grand fashion, but we still need to quote unquote turn that proverbial corner to have that that moment where we can point to it and say this is where things started to change. But I that brings me back to some of the discussions we had earlier this season about like you know turning the cruise ship, right? Maybe mm-hmm. maybe there isn't a single moment. Maybe this year, maybe this entire season is us finally seeing that ship start to just ever so slightly correct, you know? Um, that's hard to swallow. But, I mean, also consider the fact that this objectively has been a very, very hard season for the Huskers in terms of just on paper the people that we played this year so talented, so mm-hmm. highly ranked. Mm-hmm. Um, we should not be surprised at this point in the season that we have lost some of the games. We've lost some of these games that some we're of kicking. Them. Yeah. yeah, some of these games that we're kicking ourselves saying, man, I can't believe that Nebraska lost by just one score to this team. It's like, well, you know, other teams might lose by three, four, five scores to this same team, you know? Um, so... I, you know, I, I'm not trying to be Mr. Silver Lining here, um, because at a certain point, like, this does become unacceptable. One thing I'm starting to get a little bit annoyed with is all the people saying, like, well, you know, when Scott Frost took over for Mike Riley, he inherited the worst Husker team since X, Y, and Z. That is true, but would it not also be true that if somebody were to take over for Scott Frost tomorrow, he <laughs> yeah. would not be inheriting the worst Husker team since Mike Riley? <laughs> I mean, in terms of wins and losses, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but I so, think it's objectively more talented, but to, yeah, it's a great point. I mean, it's yeah. a three and seven team or whatever. Mm-hmm. Three and seven, yeah. So, yeah. I you know I know we're not done. <laughs> I know we still have two two games to play this season. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, bye bye bowl game. Um, yeah, but I just kind of feel like brushing my teeth and moving on from twenty. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, it's like let's just get yeah. those over and done with. Yeah, um, it's it's. Re- I'm so <laughs> curious to see how these next two games are going to go because mm-hmm. that will set the tone. It that will set the tone for good or for bad and it is still possible i think to have a good tone it's possible for uh the six-year seven-year senior class to to feel good i mean if you can beat wisconsin and iowa if you can beat both of them something that no player on this roster has ever done no coach on this roster's staff has ever done if you can bring them both that makes up for a lot it would have been much nicer to have gone to a bowl but to be able to say we lost closely all year and uh, you know what, Purdue and Minnesota are both, I think, tied for first in the division um, along with the next two teams we have to play. So the really only absolute maddening hair pulling out loss now is is the Illinois game. I mean, they're yep. all at some level, at some level, 
justifiable losses. It's when you start stringing them that it's not justifiable. <laughs> right. But uh, so anyway, if we can win these last two, and I do think we match up well, um, man, that you can you can say goodbye to poor <laughs> poor broken Adrian. He can graduate and try to make it somewhere else. You know, he can try for a pro career. I don't I don't think that there's much value as we've talked about in the previous episodes, he needs to, he needs to move on. Frost needs to show that he can develop some more guys and we need to see somebody else's ceiling. We know what Adrian's ceiling is. He needs to graduate, go heal. I mean, graduate. He's probably going to get as like a second masters by now. He's, <laughs> right. <laughs> talk about like he's an undergrad still. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I suppose there, there's going to need to be some shuffling in the staff. You know, you continue to advocate for a special teams coach at this point, at this point, uh, my my thing is, how how come midway through the third quarter when it was a one score game, I'm like, why why can't we play like this every week? Why can't mm. we play like this against the quote unquote lower level bad teams? And uh, so in the off season, which is where I'm thinking right now, we need to probably get some sort of special teams focus. I feel like I feel like Dawson has cleaned some things up. I feel like. His organization has been good. I appreciate that nobody has tried to bring out a boneheaded kickoff return for a while. Uh, we had a shank on yeah. Saturday. But other than that, pretty good punting from Pristup, I'll say. Um, but, yeah, the the kicking game is the, – the field goal game is – it's an absolute unmitigated disaster. It's just – it's not acceptable. It was, <laughs> I was I actually found some comfort from seeing – uh, former Husker kicker Drew Brown just, like saying like it's one thing for like a specialist to have some sort of mental block, but to now have two kickers struggling like the, what's that uh, something's going on like you got to something's got to change. So you know maybe Dawson I don't know I don't want I don't want to throw da- Dawson under, under the bus I feel like he's made some progress but those that 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 singular position is something's something's wrong and if the decision to push Connor Colt into being successful when he shouldn't have been like maybe that in itself was the mistake of the mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we just need to let him sit, sit in the sideline and say, dude, you need to get healthy instead of inflicting the season upon that poor guy. <laughs> you know, like he didn't need this. Yeah, yeah. If he was hurt, if he was hurt, why, why didn't he go the Barrett Pickering route That's of just really like, good point. I mean, that poor kid, I, we don't know what happened because you know, they don't talk about injuries, but Ugh, gross, man. <laughs> you are bringing me to, like, <laughs> for to do a trivia episode this year, like, how many points did Nebraska leave on the board in missed field goals? In well, you know what? So Ooh. I actually, I, I've looked that up because, and I'm sorry, I can't remember who to, to cite. Someone tweeted at us, hey, you should look to see how, you know, if we had last year's performance this year, if it would have made a big difference. And um, so the answer is it would have <laughs> made a difference. Mm-hmm. I didn't look up PATs, but last year Connor Culp was 13 of 15. He missed two field goals on 15 attempts. So far combined, we are 8 of 16. Ugh. So 50%. So yeah, you add, you know, you add in five made field goals. I mean, that's the difference in uh that could be the difference in the Michigan game, the Michigan State game that you you put in a make kick instead of blocked return for two points. Um, I, I just can't, can't even remember all the misses. I'm trying to think of the Oklahoma game. There's just been so many misses. Yeah, that nice. makes a huge difference. You're a three and seven team. You add in five field goals. How many wins do you add back in? If you're really strategic about it, you probably add in five. You know, a win per field goal almost. Crazy. 
But the season's not over. Uh, there's there's more to be done. There's more to be written in the book of this season. Everybody re- was really wanting to hang a lot of weight on the Rutgers. Was it Rutgers or Maryland? Rutgers at the end of last season. Uh, but the reality is uh, if we can have some big wins against um, Iowa and Wisconsin, those are those are ones you can really hang your hat on. Yeah, Th- those, those mean something. Those can demonstrate something. Iowa was ranked two at one point. And they looked real vulnerable, I thought, against Northwestern. Northwestern shot itself in the foot left and right, and uh, the Big Ten refs went after them too. <laughs> um, but, I mean, they put in a backup quarterback who looked pretty good. Too too bad they didn't figure that out. Or too bad they did figure that out, I was going to say, wait, what? I was, I was like, wait, what am I trying to say? Yeah, right. too bad they figured that out. Well, too bad for them, right? Yeah. Too bad for us. Yeah. Speaking of specialists... Uh, as the uh, unofficial Nebraska Long Snappers podcast, I did want to point out that Caden uh, Mueller, who's been doing punt long snaps, went down with an injury at some point in the first half. And um, I saw him try to get up a couple times and he couldn't do it. And he was pointing at his lower legs. So um, I, d- I believe he went into the, uh, the locker room at halftime. And I think he was in street clothes in the second half. And then there was, a, I spotted a 96 who was doing long snaps uh, with the punters at halftime. That is um, walk-on Camden Wituki, W-I-T-U-C-K-I, who was not even listed in the the roster that was in the programs on Saturday. So um, I think he had to come on in case we needed a backup. So uh, I have not heard anything on Cade. We don't talk about injuries at Nebraska anymore, so I don't know what it takes to hear about that, but... Hope he is okay, and um, I believe Cameron Piper held down the fort with all the long snaps in the second half, and the snaps were good. Mm-hmm. Snaps were good on the missed field goals. Uh, sources tell us that the snaps were good on the on those, so um, can't blame the long snappers. So speaking of special teams, uh, mm-hmm. our friend Kyle uh, from Pierre. I'm just going to say Pierre now. Pierre. <laughs> our, our friend Kyle from Pierre, uh, he called in. And uh, he has some opinions about special teams. So uh, take it away, Kyle. Hey, Husker Pod. This is Kyle from Pier. Um, man, what a tough game. That uh, really felt like we were going to pull it out there in the fourth. It's, it's amazing that this is the same team that lost to Purdue and Minnesota because it seems like we really play up or down to our opponent. But I had a couple thoughts I wanted to bring up. First, last week I thought I was a little overcritical of Martinez, and I think you really do have to ride that train uh, with him. But it, it's man, you're a little frustrated—not frustrated, but you're a little. It's it's annoying that you you can't even put in a quarterback after he goes down hobbled, and you know that could have cost us. That was our first missed field goal. He they decided to run it with him, and the play calling just seemed to to really be struggling. Another thought, I mean, man, that our defense showed up. I mean, you don't just hold Ohio State to 26 and, and you're not a lead. I mean, they're, they're a phenomenal defense. Finally, I think this game really, really showcased. We, we just have to get a special teams coach. We, we can't keep flapping around and just having, having one of our others not be a full-time guy because we can see the talents. I mean, there are times where you see the punts be great punts. But then there's also a 13-yard punch, or, or however far it was. And two missed field goals, easy field goals, and that's the difference in the game. I mean, 
Anyways, guys, looking forward to your call. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for the call, Kyle. Um, you know, it is really interesting to think about Martinez. We've already joked about his time here. I mean, he he runs. It, he, it reminds me of like DeMornay Pearsonell as a freshman versus DeMornay Pearsonell as a senior. Like really dynamic player, exceptionally dynamic player his freshman year. And then he had some injuries and still very dynamic. And he's, I think, had some limited success in the pros, but, uh, you know, he ran like a man who knew what it meant to, to be hurt, to be broken. And, you know, bless his heart. Adrian, Adrian runs, uh, like a man who a has like a broken jaw (laughs) and a, you know, messed up ankle. And also the knowledge that when he's not in, we never win. Like we never win when Adrian is not the quarterback as much as we've lost with him at quarterback. It's even, it's even worse when the backups are in. So he just carries, all of that on him as he's running and um he dodges out of bounds pretty quick he slides he slid and it was second and one instead of a first and ten um i was okay with that though because you know you got three three plays now to get a fresh set of downs Eh. sure sure but anyway i mean he's definitely hobbled and would have been nice to see a little logan smothers but then again you know adrian adrian throws some nice balls he misses on some um, as, as I said it already, we've, we've seen Adrian's ceiling and they just need to do some self study over the summer. And it probably will require new staff or some outside consultant to say, why can we not produce in the clutch? Why can't we do it? I was joking about it on Twitter saying when they came in for that last drive that resulted, well, I can't remember if it's the one that led to the, uh, the last missed field goal, or if it was the drive after that. It's like, what do you say in the huddle? Uh, hey, guys, let's just, you know, you're down by four touchdowns and game's out of reach, nothing matters. Let's just play loose. Let's just play free. Because that's when they, when it's no longer meaningful minutes, that's when they seem to play really well at the end of the game. But when when it's clutch, I mean, and this is not just me being negative Nancy. I mean, this is quantifiable, statistical. Like, they just don't, they just can't do it. So they got to figure that out. If I, I, I personally... Even even if we lose these last two games, I personally do think Scott's probably coming back. I don't think Trev dumps him. Yeah, I um, feel like the chatter about that kind of died out by like Tuesday of this past week, which makes me happy because man, there were some people that were angry on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So, but when you bring him back in, when he comes back, like there has to be some deep. I you know bring in the the staff psychologist. Like, what is the deal here, guys? Why can't? Why do we choke? What what happens? Yeah. How can we be how can we be better? Like can we do we need to script what we do? Do we need to is it cuz the coach panics? What is it? Where's the no fear of failure? It's not there. <laughs> it's definitely not there. And Justin, I like how after a voicemail that makes a direct reference to us needing a special teams coach um that you chose not to address that at all <laughs> that's your hobby horse yeah i know i know well i mean Pound the drum you, you you did kind of mention it earlier but uh yeah i'm uh i'm team special teams coach hashtag special teams coach hashtag, hashtag bring back bruce reed yeah bring back somebody i don't care you could pay me to do it i'll i'll work with them it's not like I can do any worse than what we've seen. That's mean. That's not fair. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but you know, uh, being yeah. facetious, I assume there. Right, right. Um, that you know that at the end of the day, oh my gosh, man, us fans, we like to have our opinions about what coaches should do and what players should do. But 
at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, they're doing a better job than I do. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, thank you, Kyle, for calling in. Uh, we appreciate you. And, uh, coming up next here is, uh, another familiar voice. Uh, let's hear from Bizarro Max. Gentlemen, this is Bizarro Max from Twitter. I know that the prompt says to keep your message brief, but I can't make any promises. Let me just say this. Um, Here's one thing Nebraska fans and Iowa fans can agree on. Big Ten officiating is awful, absolutely awful. It is it is costing teams wins. In this case, it may have cost Northwestern a win and Nebraska at least a chance to compete. It shouldn't be that way. At a minimum, if, if, we're, if we're not sure about what happened, then let's defer to the players on the field and let them decide the game and, and not a couple of officials on the sidelines. Um, I saw I, I saw the call in the Ohio State game, the non-call on what was clearly pass interference. Even to me, the biased Iowa fan, clearly pass interference. And in tonight's game, Iowa-Northwestern, a number of calls that mostly went against Northwestern that were just inexplicable and awful. Big Ten officiating is bad. It's costing teams games, and it needs to change. Um, that's all I'm going to say. So, anyway, Big Ten officiating sucks. Bizarro Max says so. That makes it true. Um See you next time. Thank you, Bizarro Max, for uh, calling the Husker Pod yet again. Um, we always enjoy <laughs> we always enjoy <laughs> listening to your voicemails, whether or not they make it onto an episode. Please keep it coming. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man, this in this season has been interesting. In that, listen, Husker fans for a while, there's been this conspiracy theory that the officials are out to get us. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like nobody ever holds on offense mm-hmm. when we're playing defense. Um, but, man, this year there have just been a lot of, and not just Nebraska games, just across the board, there have been a lot of games where some really bad calls have come at a time when it really does potentially affect the outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, that's, that's rough, man. I, I don't know what they can do about that. It's interesting. I've, I've heard coaches be a little bit more blunt about their disagreement with certain calls. I don't know if you've noticed that, but there've been some press conferences. We'll just come out and say, read with the call. And I know you're not supposed to do that. Um, I know Frost has been pretty diplomatic across the board, but I've seen other coaches kind of, yeah. Let, letting people know what they really think about certain calls. So it's not just us, um, but uh, man, that uh, that last penalty could have given us a chance. That, You're talking uh, about when they that didn't pass call inter- the pass. Yeah, the pass interference where you got to throw that flag. I don't like when that kind of thing happens right in front of a guy and he doesn't throw the flag. It's like, what were you looking at? You're paid to watch this. uh, Well, and especially when they had thrown one for Ohio state earlier in the game, that Mm -hmm. was, you know, arguably just as uncatchable or, you know, more catchable potentially. Yeah. You know, I I, I wouldn't (laughs) say, I wouldn't say uncatchable. Like when, when you're calling a penalty for a guy having his hand on another guy, it's like, then you better call that penalty on every single play for what that penalty was. That is the frustrating thing to me is like, yeah, he did grab the Jersey, but what you threw a flag for happens on every play, every play. I don't remember what all was called or not called. Uh, in the second quarter, I think, in the lead up to then kind of right down in front of me in the south 
east corner of the end zone, there was the punt that was caught, and I think he fair caught it, and our guy kind of ran either right behind him or right in front of him, and kind of ran off to the side. Yeah, yeah, didn't interfere with the catch. The catch was fine. Um, Neither person, I don't know if I don't know if the receiver was even aware he was there, and they flagged it. Yeah, and I. My corner, and I'm near the student <laughs> section. We were livid, and I don't know how much that came through. Um, if oh no, it was it was apparent. And I have never booed so much, and I don't know if it was just like the accumulation of the season, or if it was just that moment. I just booed and booed and booed, and I try to I try to save my voice. I try to be really strategic with my vocal cords at a football game because you only have so much to give, right? And people like to get really excited in the first quarter. And I'm actually really quiet in the first quarter. I like to save my voice for those moments where it's in the south end zone. It's a crucial second and nine. And nobody cares. Because lots of times people only care on third down. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, no, now is when you are needed. And uh, so anyway, I like to save my voice for those crucial times. <laughs> and uh, I decided to let it all go on booing at the refs. And they... This season, they've done this song of the week, and uh, the song of the week came on, and everybody kind of stopped because stopped booing because they were playing it really loud. And then it stopped, and immediately the boos came back. <laughs> and then something else happened, and it got loud, and everybody stopped. And I think we booed for, I don't know, fifteen minutes. It felt it felt like an eternity. And then lo and behold, they got called. Ohio State got called for two holdings, pretty quickly. Yeah, I think we rattled them. I think I think we made a difference. <laughs> I do. You know, it's interesting that you say that. I I think that Nebraska fans can give themselves a little bit of a pat on the back. I think Memorial Stadium has actually kind of made a difference in some situations that um it's been kind of kind of neat to see some delay of game penalties or you know false starts and and very you know the the kind of stuff you hope for when you're cheering in those yeah, situations. Yeah. Right. Um but uh, yeah, so interestingly, that that whole kick catch interference penalty, the guy on TV was talking about how that rule is written so that if you are directly in front of the guy and you come within one yard of him, it, you don't have to make contact. Um, that's you know you throw the flag for that. But he disagreed with the call because our guy ran off to the side and obviously did not come into contact with them through the flag anyway hmm. um while our guy did get very close to the guy who was catching it um i mean clearly did not interfere with the catch you know like right. uh, have you ever seen a flag thrown for kick catch interference where no interference was made with the <laughs> kick catch <laughs> there was no interference yeah, yeah no yeah it was novel insane hey one other comment on booing i don't know if anybody who listens happens to sit in the boneyard but just I, I I bring this suggestion to you as a fellow Memorial Stadium denizen who cares about um, the outcome of the game. I don't think booing every single team when they come out actually helps. In fact, they usually like that. When you have a smattering of boos when the opposing team's coming on, I've never seen someone lilt. Instead, I see them hop up, you know, kind of like point their hands in the air like, yeah, bring it, bring it, like... Can we just stop that? This isn't just a we're Nebraskans, we're polite. Like I seriously think it's counterproductive. So yeah, it's kind of one of those feed me, give me more, give me yeah, more yeah. reason we, to come in here. We you know, know yeah. we're in a hostile environment, and now you're just making me more excited to be here. I yeah, yeah I just don't think it's working, guys. Let's. So uh, if you could run that up the chain at the Iron N, or the is that what the student section's called? Iron N, Block N, 
Iron End sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Want to talk about OSP Plus? Sure. Thank you. I forgot about it last week. And I forgot to put it in when you told me that you forgot about it. I haven't even listened. So double forgetting. Oh man. So maybe you should just read the SP Plus stats twice this week. Make up for it. Let me. Since you and I both started a document, I have the old ones and the new ones. Oh, okay. So, so folks, you are going to read them twice, but you're just going to read yeah, two, week, two yeah, weeks' worth re- of them. Really sorry about that oversight last week. We did not read the SP Plus numbers. Last week, following the loss to Purdue, Nebraska went down four spots overall to 24. We went down five spots offensively to 31. We went up five spots defensively to 19. And we took a step down to 128. That's There's 130 teams, folks. That's scraping the bottom of the barrel. So this week, after the loss to Ohio State, the who was, I think, number one in SP Plus, they're number two now, they are, we are, 24th overall, so that's the same. We actually went up one spot offensively to 30. Defensively, we went down one spot to 20. That doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't. Yeah, but we actually, anyway. yeah. And SP, or uh, special teams, rather, went up one spot, to 127. So. <laughs> Do you remember when it was a joke on this podcast? It was like, hey, maybe we'll reach the century mark, and get under, you know, the, the triple digits for our ranking for special teams. Um, that isn't even, like, a possibility in 2021. You know, and that is really the ultimate indictment on special teams is the fact that for four the whole four years of the Scott Frost mm-hmm. era, we've had a running joke that's not funny that we have some of the worst special teams in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, what an indictment. You're, I mean, maybe we do need a special teams coach. I don't know. Something dramatically different has to happen. We I'd, are I'd be ranked curious. literally more than 100 teams lower on specialty. <laughs> I'm going to message <laughs> Bill Connolly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm going to message Bill Connolly and I, there's no way in tarnation he responds to me, but ask him like if Nebraska was perfect on field goals, how much better would that be? Ugh. Run the numbers. Do it, Bill. Help us out, Bill. If you're listening, Bill, can you do that for us? <laughs> I think it's I'm the sure qu- it's when you listen. Right, right. Oh boy. Wow, Wisconsin is Number four in SP plus. Jeez, that's insane. You know what also is insane? What the deals on Central Nebraska Buffalo products? Go to cnbuffalo.com and get yourself a holiday treat for you and your family. Mm. And of course, nothing says being home for the holidays than actually having a home. So if you are interested <laughs> in buying or selling a home. Uh, or relocating, or upsizing, downsizing, whatever the case may be. Uh, Monty Rohde would be more than happy to walk you through that process. You can reach out to him at 402-770-3356 or email monty.rohde, R-O-H-D, at prglincoln.com. Home for the holidays with Central Nebraska Buffalo on the table. Buffalo roasting over an open fire. It's like a, it's like a Norman Rockwell painting specific mm. to Nebraska. Yeah, Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Hey, something you know, we I was just talking about our our generous and kind sponsors. Um, we didn't really talk much about the Runza reaction line today. Interesting situation because uh, Kyle has already won a free Runza coupon this year. 
And uh, Bizarro Max, he is from Iowa, and we don't like that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I actually don't even know if he's from Iowa. I just know that he is primarily an Iowa fan. Um, but he's actually said to us on multiple occasions, go ahead and, you know, if you put me on the show, give my coupon to somebody else. So, Justin, I think you and I need to come up with perhaps another way that somebody can win a meal coupon this week. Hmm. Opportunity knocks for someone, but who? Well, we are heading into uh, a bye week here, so we might have a little bit more time on our hands. How about this? Um, Friends, if you are listening and you are interested in, well, even if you're not interested in winning a free Runs a Meal coupon, tweet at us something that you recommend watching on your favorite streaming service this week. Maybe some Mm. hidden gem, something we might not have heard about that you love that you want us to check out or you want people in general to check out. Um, We'll go ahead and take all the responses that we get from people, throw it in the old random.org number generator there, and we'll uh, pick a winner that way. How does that sound? I think that sounds like a great idea, Mike. Good thinking. Yeah. Have you watched Squid Game? Uh, I watched, I think... We've talked about it a little bit. I watched the first three episodes and didn't feel much value in continuing. Oh, yeah. I I watched a review on it, and <laughs> I know I I didn't. Ha- I mean, I don't have Netflix right now. I'll, I'm planning to get it at the end of the month. That's kind of I do Netflix like in short bursts. Like I'll sign up for it, watch a bunch of stuff that I want to watch, and then get out. <laughs> mm. um, nice. But uh, yeah, so I watched a review to see is this worth watching once I get it. And I kind of have the attitude of, well, you know, the review kind of told me everything I need to know about it. Um, I'm not really big into hyper-violent stuff anyway. That might be a deal breaker. I, uh, what did I watch recently? I watched The Father, which was nominated for Best Picture last year. About a, uh, a woman whose father, Anthony Hopkins, is suffering from Alzheimer's or dementia. And it... It, you experience the confusion of the father as time kind of loops and different actors are suddenly playing his daughter and his son-in-law and oh the, interesting the, the 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 setting changes subtly and so you you know it's lots of times you watch a movie about you know Alzheimer's or something like this and and it's from the perspective of the kids or the spouse who's seeing this happen. But in this in this film, you are kind of in his shoes, and it's mm-hmm. it's extremely disconcerting. I mean, it's it's really well done, but I wouldn't say it's like a joy to watch. And sure. Other than it's clearly an amazing work of fiction, and performances are amazing and whatnot. Um, so I mean, I you know I'd recommend it if you if you're not going to be too uh, saddened by. <laughs> by the subject matter, which you know yeah. could be for many of our listeners. It's interesting that you should say that because I had a very similar experience just last night. I watched a movie that was um, unsettling and confusing and uh, somewhat upsetting the more you watch it. Um, and that would be Gremlins 2, The New Batch. <laughs> oh, no. um, never seen that movie in full before. like seen it in bits and pieces, so I finally decided to watch it. Um, it is a very different movie than the original. Have you seen it? You know what? I haven't really seen either of them. Um, I'd say the first one's worth seeing for sure. Um, the second one is insane. <laughs> it is absolute. Um, so, yeah. Interestingly, Gremlins, you know how people always make a, a claim that Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Yeah. I think that you can go ahead and watch Gremlins anytime between now and Christmas. 
Okay. It uh, it is set in that time of year. It actually plays a role in the plot of the movie. So I'm gonna go ahead and say Gremlins is just as much a Christmas movie as it is a Halloween movie. Bold. It's fair game. But uh, anyway, that's usually the type of fair I watch on <laughs> uh, the streaming service. Yeah. I actually, honestly, I don't don't have a lot of time to be binge watching stuff these days. Make time for the podcast. Sure. And you dear listener, we appreciate you making time to listen. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Hey, Mike. Appreciate you, and go Big Red. Yeah, go Big Red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.